Hello, hello, OdaFest listeners. This is Angelo, and we're here with Season 7, Episode 35 of the OdaFest Podcast. And with me today is Nancy and Jay. Hello, hello. I'm Ann Jay. And Jay. That's me. N-N-J? And... Do we do the... Yeah, do we do the sync? Ampersand J. Ampersand J. And if you're running that through a browser, that's gotta be the ampersand, and then the amp, and then the semicolon, and then you get the ampersand. Tables hate him. (laughs) V true. But before we get into the semantics of web development in this podcast, I'd like to announce our final voice actor guest of honor, Griffin Burns. (gasps) Oh my. He is known for voicing Shaonark Ryusei in Hunter x Hunter, Akira Fudo in Devilman Crybaby, Muichiro Tokito in Demon Slayer, Vinegar Dopio in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind, and he's also credited in Genshin Impact as Tartaglia, also known mm-hmm. as Child. And a reminder that you can still pre-purchase your OdaFest weekend passes at the early bird price of $55. Visit OdaFest.com and get yours now. Tweet. Exciting. Very exciting. Much more exciting than the semantics of web development, so let's not talk about that. Let's not. That's going down too nerdy of a, of a rabbit hole. That's a different podcast. That's not what we do here. Here we talk about our voice actors and our cosplay guests that are coming to OdaFest. We also talk about Genshin. A lot. Every now and then. At least twice. At least. Yes. But I do think it's super awesome that we have so many guests from Genshin Impact this year. It's going to be pretty star-studded, I think. I think it's actually pretty cool that we've got both uh, Zhongli and Tartaglia coming here. Both of those uh-huh. characters have a lot to do with each other in the story. So uh, having them both at OdaFest, I think there's going to be a lot of Genshin fans that are going to want to be uh, be seeing them both, you know? I am super excited to see the autograph line full of Zhonglis and Tartaglias. Yes. I just, I need to see that. It's going to be such an interesting photo op. I can't enforce a rule that you have to be cosplaying as Zhongli or Tartaglia to be in the, the, the signature line for them. Uh, if I could, I would. It'll just sort of look like a multi- multiplayer game lobby. What was it? The Division, that Ubisoft game, where uh, it's, it's halfway to an MMO and there were actually lineups in the game to start the game. Aww. Yeah, that was a bad idea, Ubisoft. Never do that again. That- that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> no, it was it was very much grilled back at the time. It was very silly. I feel like that's trying to emulate real life a little too hard. It really is. Like I'm I'm kind of a fan of skewmorph skewmorphism in design. A lot of people yeah, say too. it looks ugly, but I think it it makes things more intuitive. But uh having to line up in game to do a thing uh it it, it kind of Makes me feel bad. Uh, it, it's actually something that Phasmo <laughs> does. Uh, phasmophobia. Oh, to start oh, a game, yes. it like puts everything on a chalkboard, and you have to walk up to the chalkboard and interact with it to start the game. And mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. 
I understand that it's like, yes, plan out your ghost hunting expedition on the chalkboard before you go and play the video game. Haha, ha, aren't we fantastic? It's annoying. <laughs> Give me a proper UI, please. But it's the game that's based on reality, and the reality is the game. And in in terms of, like, VR for Phasmo, that makes sense. But how many people actively play Phasmo in VR these days? I think the vast majority of people are are playing in the uh, in, in in the desktop mode. Maybe hmm. I have thoughts on that, but let's uh, have a chat, a recap about all of our cosplay and voice actor guests because mm-hmm. I think they deserve a lot of attention. They are very cool. We're very happy to have them. And my God, there's just so much variety in what they do. There really is. Like we've got Keith Silverstein, for example. As I was saying, I believe he is the voice actor for Zhongli and Genshin Impact. He's also mm-hmm. the voice actor for Torbjorn in Overwatch. That's another game that I've been playing quite a lot of lately. Got I spent five hours last night playing Overwatch 2. It was a good time. My brain just tried to mash those two voices together. It's so different. Your boy has range. <laughs> like, I'm just out here. Every time that I hear Zhongli saying, I remember, uh, uh, Osmanthus wine tastes the same. I keep hearing it in Torbjorn's voice. Osmanthus wine tastes the same as I remember. But who are those who shared those memories? And I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> how is that the same? How is that the same voice actor? But it is. It is. And that's amazing. Mm -hmm. It is amazing. He's actually one of my favorite antagonists in in Naruto. Oh, yeah? He's Kimimaro Kaguya. He's like this one-off, I guess, like sort of mini boss, you know, kind of antagonist. And he he has this epic fight with Rock Lee. Um, but yeah, Kim Morrow is essentially, he is the last of his clan and his jutsus are all based around like bone. Interesting. It's very cool. I don't think I've watched that deeply into Naruto. I definitely haven't. It wasn't that deep. I mean, I, I really haven't seen that much of it. So. I don't think I've ever watched past the the exams that all the kids go through where Rockley absolutely dominates uh, Gara. Mm. It's only shortly after that, actually. It's only shortly after that. So, but yeah, lots of very cool looking at the entirety of his uh, resume here. There's just so much stuff that I can't believe anyone can lend their voice to all these things and not be like like the whole the variety the the range is just insane like i can't imagine that he's the same he's in kuroko's basketball <laughs> he's in my hero academia oh what is he in uh hero academia uh wolfram wolfram i don't think i know that character but okay honestly yeah. i don't i don't think it i i would be interested in what they are but there's a lot of anime that I've never uh, listened to the dub for, so I don't think I could appreciate the performance anyway. I've begun... This is a slight aside. I don't want to get too 
far away from the path here, but I've begun thinking about watching more anime in dubs, mainly because the quality is there now. Mm-hmm. That's undoubted. And mm-hmm. it's so that I don't have to pay attention to reading the show. I only, yeah, so there are certain shows that I do find it easier to watch in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghost in the Shell, a uh, second gig, is probably one of them because it's very, like, dialogue dump heavy. There's a lot of, like, talking about society and, like, certain faction groups and politics, and there's there's just a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And it's it gets a little bit murky for me if I do have to, like, pay attention to the subtitles, like, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm wow. I'm really used to... I'm really used to being able to read subtitles very quickly and then go back to just enjoying the screen. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm constantly like kind of doing this like look down, look at the subtitles, comprehend them, and then look back up and enjoy the rest of the dialogue while it happens. Sure. I can't do that in in Ghost and Shell. Uh, you know? It just is just too heavy. You really are right. And and maybe that's why I couldn't stick around with uh, Bakemono Katari for its last couple arcs because it was just... Oh. Bakemono Guitari is also infamously dialogue heavy. Infamously. Uh-huh. And yeah. to the point where it was just exhausting to get through it uh, for the last f- couple arcs. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's like seven or eight episodes, maybe nine, of Bakemono Guitari mm-hmm. that I just have not watched. Like, it's it's an exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and And I'll be honest... A part of it is very selfish when it comes to Ghost in the Shell standalone complex because Mary Elizabeth McGlynn's in it. Yes. I love her voice. <laughs> mm. But Jay actually so, has a point. Uh, uh-huh. Back in back in the old days, you couldn't really the count on a, on the quality of a dub being there. But honestly, these days they're pretty good. Everybody who's working on them knows what they're doing, and uh, it's it's of a consistent quality that I think you can appreciate. ADR has definitely changed a bunch in the last while, and for the better. Dubbing is hard to do, so I, I can certainly really appreciate all of the different pieces that go into it, especially when it comes, uh, you know, it it comes out and and the final product is just so polished. <laughs> the the last time that I actually went out of my way for an anime dub was the uh, Space Dandy dub for a couple different reasons. Oh. Interestingly enough, so Space Dandy, absolutely amazing anime. The dub aired first. The English voice version of the anime consistently aired several hours before the Japanese version. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted it, if you were impatient and you wanted it now, first of all, you went with the English dub because that was the first one to come out. That was the soonest one. But not only that, the voice inflection, the voice acting in it was legitimately fantastic. Like in the old days, people might have a list of like, ah, oh, yes, these are the good anime dubs. You have mm-hmm. the Cowboy Bebop. You have the FLCL. Ah, Bakano. That has to be on there for their excellent use of regional accents. Uh, mm-hmm. 
But for for modern anime, what's a really good dub versus what is a really bad dub is not that much of an argument to have, is it? I can't believe you've left out ghost stories. <laughs> ghost stories is its own. Its it is own a legendary. Thing. Its own legendary thing. It's it's hard to call that a dub and more of a reimagining of the story. Like, I think just calling ghost stories a dub isn't doing it justice. But yeah, so I I, I believe that all three of us and many more uh, fans of anime are like strong readers as well. So it's not that it's difficult to read subs, but it just requires mm-hmm. a different level of focus. Um, it's a visual focus that you can't necessarily deploy while you're, for example, maybe reading some other articles or like browsing or playing a video game that like to bounce between the two to like verify the action um, and the text is a little bit more difficult and time consuming versus just letting audio play and you being able to multitask in that way. It's like listening to an audio book instead, which is fine. At least the quality is up there for a lot of anime now that I haven't actually done so yet. I'm, I always say that I don't really watch anime. I do, but in like binges every five years. And I feel that mm-hmm. a binge is coming on soon. And I'm like, should I switch to dubs? <laughs> do it. Thinking about it. Try Give it, a try. it and see, see what your thoughts are. And we can talk about it, mm-hmm. right? That's what podcast is for. True. Maybe. Maybe it will help you with focus, but I think we need to focus back on what we were doing. Let's talk about Brendan Hunter for a second. Brendan Hunter. We love Brendan Hunter at OdaFest. We sure do. This is not his first time being our guest, and I'm just so happy he's coming back. Uh, he's just the coolest guy. I mean, like every every time I sit on an in on one of his uh, on one of his panels, uh-huh. like obviously he's a wealth of knowledge. He's exceptionally mm-hmm. entertaining. Like even the man he's is a just... character. He also yes. portrays he's eloquent. them. He portrays yes. characters, and he is the character. <laughs> Quite frankly, his facial hair is on point. Oh my god, it's divine. He's inspiring. One of the first times I met him was about ten or fifteen minutes before panel was starting, and I was just like, "Brendan, you got to tell me, what do you use to get your mustache so perfectly curled?" And he was just like, I'm going to level with you. My wife makes it for me. I don't know what it is. It's something based on coconut oil. But you would have to look it up online. That's what she did. (laughs) And I was just, I I just got such a kick out of that. Such a kick out of that. But uh, your boy has style. That cannot be emulated by mortal men. Yeah, honestly. Sometimes, okay, when, when I... He co-paneled with us at Expo just like barely a month ago. He brought these immaculate shoes. He 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 opens up his little suitcase. He brings them out and he's like, Nancy, yes or no? And I look at them and I'm like, ah, oh, this is this is hard. You make this decision difficult. They are, they are these amazing, like slightly raised heel boots. They have so much character to them, but Brendan, being Brendan, is already dressed immaculately. So I'm like, you know what, that 
that might actually be too much. But you know what I would want to see you in? Tights with these boots and then uh, like a troubadour top. Oh my. Yes. And he goes, I like that. I'm going to steal that for later. And this is like a normal exchange with Brendan. Mm -hmm. He's just so cool. I can confirm that. (laughs) He's just so cool. Anyway, super looking forward to Brendan coming back. And his panels are always so much fun. The man is inspiring. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If, If you need to catch only one panel, make sure it's one of Brendan Hunter's. What about the podcast panel, you jerk? Yes, also that. But also, uh, Brendan is running auction, so please check him out at auction. He is the best auctioneer. All I'm saying is that if Brendan Hunter's panels run at the same time as the Odafest podcast panel, I forgive you. (laughs) I forgive you, listener. In fact, Angelo may consider skipping out on the Odafest podcast panel. (laughs) I will break here. Jay will forgive me. (laughs) <laughs> no, we're just gonna we'll just take over. We'll just merge the panels. It'll be easier we'll, that way. We'll tell Brendan oh, to come on special to our panel instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> If you're into anime, you've got a home at Crunchyroll. Stream over 1,000 shows and movies, plus new episodes one hour after they air in Japan. Looking to take your fan status to the next level? Then browse hundreds of chapters in our growing manga library. And don't forget about Crunchyroll originals like The God of High School, Shenmue the Animation, and my favorite, So I'm a Spider, So What? Which, to be clear, is the show's name, because I'm definitely a human. So, head on over to Crunchyroll and sign up today. And then Griffin Burns. Griffin Burns, of course, the man who needs no introduction because we already introduced them in the news and announcements. He has credits, too. As child slash Tartaglia in Genshin Impact. We are really happy. I, like I was saying with Keith, uh, we're so happy to have both Zhongli and Tartaglia at the same time. That is just super cool. Everything else that he's done, he's been in prolific anime. Hunter Hunter, you try to find a, a well-seasoned anime enjoyer who has not watched Hunter Hunter. I only know of one personally, and I'm not going to name them. Uh, but the, ooh, I said I'm not going to name myself, Nancy. I said the, ooh. Hmm. Nope, nothing. Go exactly, on. and then. Uh, Akira Fudo, that is the main character in Devilman Crybaby. And Devilman Crybaby was such a wonderful, unique anime. It is the best adaptation of the Devilman franchise, if you ask me. That is just amazing. Uh, have either of you guys watched Devilman? I've heard of it. I remember watching the first episode and feeling extremely out of my depth. Like, I watched it uh, with... No prior warning or summary or anything. I just, I went to it on Netflix and I hit play. Oh, you were in for a surprise. And I was in for a ride. (laughs) Uh, If if you really felt that it wasn't for you after the first episode, I mean, it it literally just keeps that train rolling. Uh, Devilman Crybaby is definitely not an anime for everyone, even though I do think it is an amazing anime. Uh, definitely like anime of the year, the year that it came out. 
the the first episode is like the filter. If you do not like episode one, what's the genre? What would it be? What would you, that be considered? Drama, action, uh, copious violence. Yeah. Okay. And a little bit like avant-garde in the way that the art style is extremely surreal. Oh, is absolutely. There, is there any supernatural to yes. it? Yes. Yes. It yeah, is literally. To it. Okay. Literally, demons are everywhere. Okay. Uh, y- yep. Yeah, boy, Akira, uh, spoilers, is devil man. He is the man who is also the devil. My God. Makes sense. Makes sense. Exactly. Makes sense. That tracks. Uh, All right. Moichiro Tokito. I'm not sure who that is in Demon Slayer. I'd have to look up a picture of them. But Demon Slayers, again, it is one of like the behemoths of shonen anime right now. You cannot look at a, a you cannot talk to a modern anime enjoyer without them having some opinion on Demon Slayer. Some of them will be like, it is the best anime that has ever been given to us by the grace of the gods. Others will be like, that is the worst anime that has ever bestowed upon us by Satan. And most people will be like, yeah, that's a pretty good solid shonen anime. I'm, sometimes I like it. Some anime, some episodes aren't for me. But you know, it's all right. And then, of course, Vinegar Dopio from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Golden Wind. Like, all of these characters are so incredibly different from each other in terms of uh, of personality. Dopio would almost overlap Akira uh, in the first half of the first episode, really. But, ah, uh, ah, uh, anything that's touched by Jojo and anyone who touches Jojo, it changes them. <laughs> Phrasing... It changes them. Deeply and spiritually. And then, of course, Child from Tartaglia. How many How many listeners have emptied their wallet for Tartaglia? Lots. I'm many. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Dio, sitting right across the room from me right now, has emptied out their wallet at least once for Tartaglia. What is Tartaglia? Who is Tartaglia? How is Tartaglia? So Tartaglia, I, if I had to criticize Tartaglia, I would say Tartaglia Gasp. is what happens uh, when Mihoyo looks at what uh, at what uh, Type Moon is doing with the Fate uh, series, and they're like, "Oh, oh, look at look at look at the Fate series over there. All of their archers uh, are using swords. We should do that." And then so Tartaglia mm-hmm. is a character who is explicitly an archer uh, who has a skill. So that he can explicitly use swords all the time. All right. Yep. 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 I don't have child, but Sean does. And he, he does use him fairly often. Child is sitting at the bottom of my account at level one. <laughs> you didn't even upgrade him to level 10 to get that free wish? I'm here for the waifus. Oh. I mean, that's totally fair. But free wish... You it's get him true. up to level 10. It's true. I don't know anything okay. about Genshin we have Effect. A, that's okay. We have a lot of listeners who are definitely in it for the husbandos. Uh, I'm in Angelo's camp. I'm in it for the waifus. Maybe we get some waifus next year. Who knows? Maybe we do. Who Wouldn't knows? I certainly don't. <laughs> I mean, Genshin has set themselves up to be a pretty long-running 
game. Like, they keep releasing new content pretty much every six weeks-ish, notwithstanding the most recent one that they have announced already that they're putting off and delaying. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they've been really good at releasing new content. Uh, They're taking their sweet time pacing the story so that, you know, you keep coming back. And next year, we're probably going to have, like, a whole new schwack of uh, voice actors if we want more Genshin Impact characters to come visit us. Oh my god. What? When are we going to get Lily Pichu as a guest for her role oh, as Sayu? Lily Pichu would be amazing. I need I need Lily Pichu to also do some performing while she's here. That would be that would be a voice actor guest that uh, would be exceptionally nice. Yeah. Like, as a guest handler, I make an effort to be extremely professional, and I do not fangirl for anyone, but it's really hard sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like... I feel like I don't I don't know. I'm not a guest handler. I don't want to be a guest handler. But I I I would constantly be uh 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 fighting with myself to if I had to keep a conversation going with them being like taking small talk versus talking shop. It's like what what is the proper balance? How do you think I feel? I am a voice actor. Yeah, like uh, half of half of your life would just be talking shop to them. I know, and I I definitely try not to because I'm here to to make sure they're taken care of and they're having a good time. That's all I'm here to make sure they're doing. Man, uh, what when it comes to small talk, it's so hard not to talk shop if you know what I mean. So what I mean by that, for people who might not understand, is uh, talking shop is basically talking about your job with someone who has a similar job. Or similar industry. And as much as it can be something that's productive to talk about, because it's something both people understand, at the same time, it can feel like you're at work <laughs> talking to definitely, someone at work. <laughs> yeah, and you definitely don't want that if you're a guest handler, for sure. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> as enlightening as it is, uh, it's just, it's really, really hard to stop yourself sometimes. I I don't think I've broken that wall with any of our guests that were, like, you know, under my care. Uh, but one day it will happen. One day it will happen. Yes. One day it will happen. But you know what? But it is not um, this Talking day. shop. Okay, so talking shop. I imagine our uh, our next summary of guests here will be very very hard not to talk shop with it's true because fighting dreamers is coming sonya blade is coming and ak wiru is coming yes there's so much shop to talk with these people mm-hmm. they're they're they are cosplayers coming to an anime convention every minute of every day is going to be dedicated to talking about cosplay i'm sorry it's gonna happen we can't stop ourselves. Pretty much. Pretty much. I, I, it's probably even harder than the voice actors. Having that said, uh, it's it's different. Talking shop with cosplayers is a little bit different than with other, uh, a lot of other uh, I- industries or professions. In that, if you talk to a cosplayer, one of their favorite things to talk about is how they made something. Mm-hmm. It is... This is the cheat code to talking to a cosplayer. Go up to them, 
point at something on their cosplay and be like, that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Can you tell me how you made it? Insert 45 minute dialogue. If they are not busy, if you if you didn't come up to them at like a lunch table, don't do that. If you didn't like interrupt a panel, don't do that either. If you were just like, that's awesome. What can you tell me about it? Their eyes will like, you will physically see sparkles show up. It, it, I mean, it happens. That's like the that's like my favorite part about any time anyone talks about their uh, their interests or hobbies Passions. is like yeah that you know turn of expression like their eyes light up is a real thing. Like I'm it pretty just sure that you can run something. solar panels off of the sparkling of their eyes. Hell yeah! <laughs> and so. You ask them how they made a thing. Sometimes they'll downplay it. Sometimes they'll be like, this mm-hmm. was the most work that I have ever dedicated to anything in my life. And they will, they know exactly how many hours they spent on it. So all I'm saying is have an exit plan in mind. Uh, some people do not do that. And they just spend the, the next eight hours of the con talking about cosplay. It's amazing. Yeah, I super enjoyed uh, Sonia's uh, panel last year when we had our virtual event where she was like getting into all the details of how to make a corset. And I was like, oh, my God, look at how many panels there are. And she was just like, yeah, and and then you'll need this and you'll need like she's she's so well established in this craft now that it's just it's no big deal for her. But it is still so boggling to see a professional working. It's nice. It's a, great. As, as much as uh, I don't like when my boss looks over my shoulder when I'm at work, uh, <laughs> being the person looking over the shoulder of another professional as they work is some of the most interesting content that's out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is sort of an interesting distinction, too, when it comes to making small talk between voice actors and cosplayers. Uh most voice actors can't talk about what they're working on right now. Whereas if you ask a cosplayer, hey, what are you working on right now? What are you struggling with right now? That's really interesting and, and applicable in your world. They will go into it. They're just oh, like, yeah. well, I'm really struggling with this one stitching for this piece because it's not staying together and it's not keeping the right shape and it's not the right stiffness. And like, they really just go ham into those details. Mm-hmm. Voice actors can't do that. They it's can't true. talk about what they're working on right now. I mean, some cosplayers can't do that either if they have a contract with a certain company to do promos. Oh, that's true. That's true. That is true, but that is much more but rare. It's still, whereas... yeah, and it's still easier to work around. Like, you don't mm-hmm. have to say what company and what character it is or what specific costume, but you can just say, I'm really having trouble with the lapels on this one coat that I'm trying to make. Da 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 da. Whereas compared to uh, voice actors, they cannot say a word. Sometimes they can't even say that they're working on a specific project until it is already like out in the wild, until it's already released. And even then, what they can or can't say is uh, is very restricted about it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy can say that she was in a project, but... If she ever wants to get voice acting work again, she probably can't say anything about how the project went. Yeah. I can say I'm working on a game. But nice. I can't tell you what game it is or what studio it is or who's making it or what it's about or who's in it. Ugh. It's, it's, it's Tetris. 
I've given it's... it up. It's Tetris. <laughs> she voices Jay, the T block. Oh my God. Jay, my you will be hearing God. from my lawyers. No, I won't. No. Because that's entirely fictional. But if I were voice acting Tetris, hard. I would refuse any role that isn't the long one. Oh my god! I need that. I need to be the diva. I need to have that lead role. I need it's to be. It's not the a lead role. One. It's only a lead role for babies. Everyone knows that T spin is the lead role. Oh my no. god! Long one. The long one for babies. This is. Oh my god. This is Babies. turning into a heated debate. I need I need you two to calm down. Honestly, it I was I was in high school before I really understood and strategized while playing Tetris. Before oh, that I was not great. much of a of a puzzle gamer. I no. wasn't someone who really used my my brain too much in video games. I was mostly just, ah, I press A button until I win. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, but just loading up like an NES emulator and playing Tetris on it was uh, a good time. A very good time. I had classic Tetris on my Windows 95 machine. Oh, my God. It was a time. I, I know that pretty good at it. Windows 95 didn't come with Tetris. No, you had to get it. You had to get it on a floppy. I'm pretty sure Windows 95 did come with a Weezer music video for their song Buddy Holly. They did, yes. yes. As well as the Braveheart uh, trailer. Oh my god. And and something else. But, but yes, I, can't, I do remember those. I can't remember how many times I watched that music video on the old PC. God damn. The, the Buddy Holly music video was actually very clever and funny. It was great. <laughs> I liked it a lot. And now time for more Happy Days. And now time for more cosplayers. We still have Fighting Dreamers coming in from Vancouver. Um, they're fantastic. They're just so deeply ingrained in the Vancouver scene. They bring a lot of creativity. They bring a lot of production value to a lot of, uh, well, what they put out on their YouTube channels. And it kind of just adds a an air of legitimacy to the efforts that I think cosplayers um, put through. Uh, I know that some cosplayers, you know, they travel to Vancouver from, you know, surrounding areas just to help make some videos and, you know, kind of make that work and show off everything that they do together because of, you know, what they're known for. We've had them a couple of times before, I believe, and they hosted a panel for our live stream last year, which was greatly appreciated. I really just can't say enough, even though I'm not... A cosplayer i just like i'm very impressed by like the the work that they do because it's not easy to keep on pushing through all the time especially when you couldn't get together to do you know pr like production work over the last two years i assume it must have been you know sort of gut-wrenching in terms of seeing your efforts fall away to the dust a lot of things had to happen like that over the ca past couple of years but when you're sort of a collective who has to do that it's uh it's even more impressive to pick it back up. It really is. And then, of course, you know, AK. I can't think... I don't think we can say enough about AK other than I really want to see him come up with something that our voice actors also, like, voice for as a character and he's wearing it and he's made it. 
Imagine a live action voicing of a character in real life. I think that'd be pretty sick. That would be quite a dope, as the children say. Yes. But yeah, there's Yeah, I feel like AK doesn't need much introduction. His his what he does is just so I don't know, it's arresting. Cosplay like, is... You look at pictures of him on social media and you're just like, that is just stunning. And and there are no words. Exactly. Like it's just you you gaze upon him and the air escapes your lungs with the gasp that you make. You're just like I am speechless. Oh, AK, funnily enough, literally just made a post uh on our Odafest Facebook page saying that he hasn't yet decided which cosplays he wants to bring yet. So I mean, suggestions are open. If he's flying in from uh, Down Under, there's mm. definitely going to be a limit to how much he can carry with him. He flies in from Vancouver, my dear. Oh, is he flying in from Vancouver? He lives in Vancouver. Oh. Yeah. Why did I think that he lived in Australia? He used to. Oh, he used to. That must be it. Mm-hmm. He's from there. I see. So it's okay. <laughs> I see. I did not know he had moved. Uh, I really didn't. But still, I mean, uh, if you're I think it was over the last very large, years. complicated uh, structures. With I mean, you, there's o- only on so plane? many cosplays that can fit on a on a seven thirty seven. Just rent out <laughs> I, I, the I don't entire know if plane. He's, uh, renting out the entire plane. Yeah. I don't know if that might be uh, uh, feasible to do. It might but be it's for style. the passion of the art. You can't let logistics, you can't just let logistics stand in the way, you know. I actually can't imagine, like, I feel for cosplayers in that regard because I'm, <laughs> like, you see them travel and I'm like, I just had to bring an overnight bag and a couple extra clothes. You brought, like, your whole world <laughs> and more. There are certain cosplays where if, I, if I'd if i done them, uh, they would never travel farther than uh than Locally. calgary or edmonton yeah because i have no idea how i would pack them in in a suitcase like keep them in uh, one place on on a plane it's understandable that like you know props are collapsible to a certain extent and and everything like that but it's just it's the bulkiness of it you know it is. like and the fragility of a lot of it too oh absolutely mm-hmm. And if, especially if you have like electronics to it, you got copper wiring going through for like LEDs or something like that. I'm like, brother, I really hope this works for you. There was, uh, as Nancy saw um, at Expo, there was like the two giant Gundam cos- cosplays. Yep. And I assume they're locals because if they're not, my God, imagine. That must have been so hard. God, that, it would take like a actual small cube van to transport mm-hmm. some of that stuff. I can't imagine doing drove. it otherwise. Maybe you would have to. There are certain things you just can't drive to, though. Uh, like what? This Friday, Dio and I went to Beer Fest. Excellent. And that is cert- something that... Even if you drive there, you're not driving home from. Good Lord. It was awesome. It was at the BMO Center. And uh, Dio, 
about uh, two weeks before was just like, oh, there's this thing happening. And I'm like, oh, beer fest. Oh, and she's like, yeah. So I got uh, a couple of VIP tickets and uh, we're going and you don't have a say in the matter. It's like, well, as if I wanted to have a say in the matter, we're going. So after after work, after work on Friday, I took a train down to the BMO Center right from work. And uh, Dio was already there. And it was amazing. It was just, I believe it was the same vendors hall that uh, CCE usually uses. Mm-hmm. Filled, filled with booths from every different brewery and distillery in the city. And they said it's a Calgary International Beer Fest. And I really feel like the international part is just a technicality. There were like <laughs> two places Two booths from the U.S. and one from Korea. Oh, and everything cool. else, almost everything else in there was from Calgary. There were a couple booths from Okotoks. The, I think there was a couple from Edmonton. Actually, there was a beer cheese booth from Edmonton. A beer cheese? Beer cheese. I will cheese? have to text. They take the foam and then they let it solidify. Okay. So the beer cheese was a... Uh, uh, some cuts of like string cheese fried in in beer, butter, and herbs. So like they had they had some kind of beer reduction going on that they then fried the cheese in. So it was getting just a little bit melty, buttery, herby, and it had this beery flavor to it. It was so good. So good. And me and Dio. Went through a hundred tickets, each ticket being a dollar. So we went through a hundred dollars worth of beers and foods, and wow. so much of it was so good. And as much as I enjoyed a lot of the beer, the food was actually next level. Uh, we went by, I think it was Prairie Dog Brewing. Prairie Dog Brewing Brewing had a had pastrami and they had pulled pork, and so, like, for, for five tickets, so for five bucks, you got this little little tray full of some giant pastrami cubes. And you take a bite, and it was so tender, so flavorful, smoky, briny. It was some of the best meat you could stuff into your mouth. And when we first went there, we had, when we first stopped by, we had enough tickets to get some of the pastrami cubes. But we saw some of their pulled pork sandwiches that they were doing as well. And we were like, okay, we have to make sure to get extra tickets just for the pulled pork. Goddamn. So we got the tickets. We went back. We had some pulled pork. And uh, 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 by the end of the day, Dio and I were full of barbecue. And full of beer. I think I think I must have had like 20 different beers. By that, I don't mean like they don't give you like a full can of beer. Mm-hmm. For about two tickets, for about two dollars, there were these these fun little uh uh plastic beer glasses that they gave you on the way in. And they probably help hold about like five shots, maybe like a hundred milliliters or 150 milliliters of liquid. And so you would just give them your glass. They would fill it up with something. And uh, you go to town. Damn. It was such a good experience. So fun. Ah. Did you buy anything to bring home? 
Yes. Yes, actually. So they actually had a Sobeys liquor store set up right in the the hall. So you could buy some like some nice drinks, some beers, whatever you would like on your way home. So I mm-hmm. bought like a, a variety pack of some of the beers that we didn't try. Uh, and when I was loading them into our fridge at night, one of them slipped from my hand. It took oh, no. a staggering, oh, a no. long, an incredible six-inch drop. So, you know, not that big of a drop. And it hit a shelf on the fridge. Okay. And a grenade went off in my face. Oh, no. This beer literally exploded. The the, 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 the top of it, the, the, the lip of the can, you know, where, where normally the tab, like, you push it in, that was pushed out. My face was covered in beer. My shirt was covered in beer. There were splatters on our ceiling, on our ceiling fan. Can you even reach those, like, to clean them off after? I had to get a mop. I couldn't, I couldn't reach them. Oh, God. So, of of the eight pack of beers, unfortunately, unfortunately, one was sacrificed for the sake of, 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 unexpected humor it was just wow i never had that happen to me before i don't think i've ever had a canned drink explode outwards on me yeah unless you shake it there, unless it's there's the one thing of like agitated. shaking a can and then opening it and being like haha look at it explode no dropping no, it not. six inches like literally Oh no, that de- no, that definitely is a thing. No, that's a- that's absolutely like a cause. Of course, it's a thing. It just happened to me. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I'm saying to not. Did you not expect it to happen after that? Ha- after the drop happened, I have I've dropped, dropped cans of pop like more than six inches, and they just dented. Like they don't explode. I've dropped beers and cans. From, like, normal holding level while standing. So, like, a good four-foot drop. With the worst thing being, like, a dent. And then being like, okay, this beer gets set to the side for it to chill out for a little while. Uh-huh. It's the water hammer effect. You've never seen that? Oh, I, I know what it is. And uh, I've heard of, like, disasters where water hammer has like blown up buildings in New York. Yeah, it's actually incredible because for anyone who doesn't know the properties of like water, for example, which is why it's called the water hammer, it's just because water does not compress well. And when compressed, exactly. it transfers energy almost directly. Um, so therefore, it creates almost like a, a destructive explosive effect depending on its container. I just didn't expect it. That's all I'm saying. It was a very short drop. That's the first time it's ever happened to me. Fair. V fair. Mm-hmm. I, w- I usually don't uh, expect cans to explode in such a fantastical manner either. Mm-hmm. I've just seen mostly uh, glass bottles explode if you just drop them directly like, on uh, there. So like classic Coke bottles? Yeah, Coke bottles, beer bottles or beer bottles or like mm-hmm. any kind oh. of like glass bottle. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's glass. Well, what do you expect? We use glass as a storage medium for a reason. It's not that fragile. It's less fragile than people think, but weaker than you know. 
Weaker than you know. Just like next week when we'll have a new episode of the OdaFest podcast. Right before the day of. It's too soon. It's, it's too coming. soon. Have a good one, everybody. Yeah. Thanks See for listening. See you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>